It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sports fans, don't be sad that the NFL season is rapidly coming to a close because we still have the NBA, MLB, WNBA, and the XFL coming this spring. And Epson just hooked me up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. If you're out there looking for a new 75-inch or 85-inch TV, don't do that. You have no idea what you're missing. Imagine having an Epic 120-inch mega screen in your home. It's like having four 60-inch TVs mounted on your wall. Introducing the new Epson Epic Vision Ultra LS800 projector. This new type of television experience uses Epson's amazing three-chip, three-LCD laser projection technology to produce an immersive, super-bright 4K Pro UHD picture. And with a 120-inch picture, this is truly epic. You see all the action. Trust me, unless you're there live, this is the next best thing. Go big, go epic. Go to epson.com forward slash wake up to learn more about the Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector. Again, that's epson.com forward slash wake up. And like Epson says, bring the sports book experience home. Do you believe in miracles? Got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what what's up, Fizzle? good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show, let's make a trade today or check a AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building, he gon' stay with him. They gon' start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tap in there Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Hit that notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. First and foremost, thank you so much for clicking play. We appreciate you guys coming to listen to us. We wouldn't have it any other way. 
right? Destination Devi is the strongest team in the fantasy space, the dynasty space, and I will go to my grave saying that we have an outstanding lineup. I'll put our squad up against anybody. Fight me. But without further ado, how you doing tonight, Adam? We are back again for another episode. I believe this is episode 60, which is crazy, right? I love when we hit them big round numbers and it just lets us know how long we've been doing this and it just feels like yesterday we started. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy, man. It does feel just like yesterday we were telling you how great, you know, the 22 quarterbacks were, Sam Howell. Whoops. You know, uh I'm not even going to get into all of them. But yeah, we we've grown a lot also in the uh, the 60 weeks we've been doing this, Mike, and I I'm excited. I I'm glad to be back for another episode of 40 Chess, you know, Dynasty Football Podcast, Dynasty Degenerates, what's going on? Uh Fridays are always good. 40 Fridays are some of the best days out there, period. Uh, make sure you're also tapped into everybody in the Destination Devi feed. Make sure you're tapped into the newsletter. Like the the longer I'm here, though, Mike, too, and with this Destination Devi, they keep you know leaving the lights on for us, kind of like Motel Six. Um, we're, we're, we keep coming back. I'm I'm more and more surprised because it's just th this place is so clearly the place to be. Like when you look in the Dynasty space, like I don't need to leave the Destination Devi feed for anything. Nope. Zero reason to go anywhere else. And that's that's honestly incredible. I, I do feel like I, I feel special to be a part of that, and uh, I'm happy to keep talking. You know what we're learning and our content and why we're trying to help people today with auction. <laughs> I always have the self-deprecating moment. This is such an awesome team, and uh, I I kind of feel like just the guy at the end of the bench, right? I stand up and I wave my towel. Every time we make a three-pointer, that's me. Uh, who was that dude from the Boston Celtics, right? He had the red hair. Brian Scalabrini. Scalabrini. I'm Brian Scalabrini, Scalabrini baby. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy to be Brian Scalabrini. Scalabrini, man. Yeah, man. The red mamba. That's me. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I, I'll go a little deeper. You know, Destination Devil, we do a lot of, you know, college talk. I'm, I'm the walk-on, and I'm happy to be the walk-on. You know, I'm not a scholarship guy. I'm just – I'm here. I'm a practice squad guy trying to make everybody else better. Um, knowing that it probably isn't doing anything but effort. So here I am trying to just, you know, keep keep bringing it to everyone. All right, Adam. I wanted to talk about tonight auction strategy and our auction strategy because, I mean, it's it's becoming the more popular way to do a startup, and rightfully so. I really enjoy auction startups, right? You're You're not waiting for a pick. You're not stuck into like, man, I only get a choice of these guys, like a handful of these guys, unless I make some trades. And that all depends on whether my league will let me trade or they're going to be assholes. And, you know, you, we have all dealt with it. We've all dealt with it. Normal snake startups all the time. So auction startups are becoming the new thing. And we got to get some strategy out there. What are we doing? And coincidentally, we have one going on right now. I put it out there. It was a, originally intended for a patron-only league. Uh, I did make the buy-in pretty high for us, for our standards, right? Yep. $150, right? Generally, we do $50 leagues because it's a nice, easy number. We've done so many of them. Yeah. 150 bucks, Big money. <laughs> so 200 bucks up front. You got to have 200 to get in. We couldn't quite get it filled with patrons. Right? All the we patrons. had, what, eight, 8 of 12 patrons, right? 8 of 12, right? Some people were a little turned off by the 150, right? Stepping out the norm. And I put the word out there on Twitter, and we found four people who ain't scared. Ain't scared at all. They joined. They're, they're doing the auction startup with us right now. So uh, we, If you remember the expo, Mike, uh, scared money don't make no money, if you know you know, right? <laughs> right. Scared money don't make no money. So 
we put the word out there. We we started this last night, the actual auction. Uh, we've only had a handful of players off the board. Uh, KJ Hamler for a buck. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Calvin Austin for a buck. <laughs> Johnu Smith for $2. And the y'all first snuck real him, Y'all player, snuck him through, man. Y'all snuck him through. The first real player who's actually come off the board, Austin Eckler just went just a little bit ago for $74 out of a $1,000 budget. So this is a 12-team dynasty startup. Uh, I believe we're starting 12, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Uh, start, start 12. Two, start, start 12, start two, start two tight end, and two quarterback. Yep. Right? Um, best ball league, of course. It's the only way we roll. Uh, rookies are included now yep. that I figured that out. So we're doing the uh, the proxy draft, the proxy auction on MFL, and then we'll be transferring the rosters over to Sleeper, which is actually pretty cool. I don't know if you paid attention to the Sleeper League, Adam, but I set up the auction. And I can actually go in and manually enter them as they, they won and for what they went for. So we'll always have a record in our league of what you paid at the auction, even though we're doing it on two different platforms. Pretty cool. But, Adam, looking at our league, our league settings, what was your overall strategy? What was the first thing that you noticed that you're like, this is what I want to try to do in the auction? How And how's the game plan working out for you so far when you see some of these bids? Yeah, I mean – I, I think he, there's a, there's a few different ways to get into this, and I'll be honest, I'm not sure if this is going to be a super long one or a multi-part uh, discussion because I think there's so many layers to the reality of what's happening in a general space, and then also like when we get into the league specifics of this league. Um, start 12 is, I think, a fair number of starters, and it's not over the top. It's not too shallow. Like I, I like it a lot, you know, like – it's not start. We did a start 17, right? Like that's people are going to be looking yeah. like, dude, what do you, people are turned off by them a little by the money. They're like, ah, it's a little steep for me. When I did start 17, people are like, what, what is wrong with you? Like you're doing <laughs> start 17. Like, I don't even, I don't even know if I can start 12 on any one of my teams, you know? So start 12, I think is always, it's a good happy medium of like deep starters, but it's not crazy. Um, so with that being said, and when I look at the scoring and the fact that it's two quarterback and two tight end, like obviously, like every other league, the first thing I'm thinking about is quarterback, and right. when that is the case, and probably everyone else that is eight of them shitheads, the other people we found through Twitter and other spaces, like they're not coming into this league like, oh, I don't know anything. I'm just gonna do my first dynasty startup. Everybody in here has played in enough leagues to have ideas. They're all looking at quarterbacks too, and the reality is that was the case last year, before the quarterback situation is really shallowed out now. So what we're having in this particular auction, and then what I'm thinking about is, okay, we have basically eight quarterbacks that the majority will agree pretty, pretty like unequivocally that these are the eight guys. Correct. And then you have you know the top twelve that rounds out, and you have differing opinions on the back end of the top twelve, but everyone will agree like yeah, that's the twelve. And then after that, you start getting into chasing age, chasing you know rookies. You know, buying into Trey Lance, like the potential of what we have no idea of, like it starts getting crazy. So in a, in a format that's two quarterback, like I'm already thinking about quarterbacks, and then I start seeing what these bids are, and I'm like, yeah, they're high, but I think they need to go higher. Like I, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that if somebody's getting a top eight guy early, that they feel it enough to where they can't just haphazardly start making their rest of their roster deep. Like, I want to make sure that if people are leaving with a top six, top eight quarterback in day one, two, or three, that they don't have the luxury to just start, like, 
picking who and who they want as their backups. They have to start feeling the fact that they have a top six or eight quarterback. Like I think that's where this whole conversation starts for me. And there's a lot more layers to it, but I, I guess that's the first and foremost thing I want to discuss with uh, you, with you, the dynasty degenerates, everybody. So as it's going on now, you and I both had massive bids on some of these quarterbacks, and we're talking massive three hundred, three hundred plus, right? Which of a thousand budget, a thousand dollar budget. So we're talking over thirty percent or higher, right? In a best ball league too, like this isn't a lineup league where you go even a little bit more crazier. In best ball, you you're going to need the depth, but. The shift has been so dramatic here in this last year, like you're alluding to, to the quarterbacks and the scarcity and just how uncertain, you know, quarterback 13 through 32 is that you you shit your pants at times. Like you you get scared about it. As you're talking, Adam, both you and I got knocked off our high quarterback bits. Right? You're sitting on Trevor Lawrence for $335. Well, you're not sitting on him that high anymore. That's over. It's done. <laughs> I had yeah, Lamar. I, I yeah. felt pretty comfortable at 289. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen either. That's done. <laughs> so all of a sudden. Th- those days are over, sitting, right? While you're sitting here talking, I'm going, well. The, the, the crazy the part. Board. Let, let me just say, before we started this podcast, I, we were talking about the auction briefly because we agreed we wanted to talk auction and strategies in it. I was even saying to Mike, like, you know, I wanted to make sure Lawrence got bid high enough. But if I lose out on him at 335, like, I'm not going to be mad. But I'll also be surprised. And then, Mike, it, we weren't – what are we, 15 minutes? Not even yes. 10 minutes into this podcast, and I'm already off of him at 335, which I thought I was going to get stuck on, which speaks to the point in two quarterback and what the landscape is, how crazy people are going to get and what they're going to pay for quarterbacks. And this is in best ball. Like, right. understand when you're getting a top six quarterback in any format, like the cost has – drastically gone up like inflation that we've seen lately is nothing compared to the inflation at the quarterback position at the at the scarce guys i think the best part about it is because it's a slow proxy and uh which means like ebay style bidding if if you out there haven't listened to it so for example if uh i nominate a player it'll start at one dollar i can put my proxy bid to a hundred dollars and it's going to bid me up every time until it gets to a hundred when somebody finally goes over a hundred dollars then my bid falls off, right? And it goes to whoever bid 101. So that's how it goes. It's a 12-hour clock. It resets every time there's a new high bidder. Not not every time there's a new bid, but every time there's a new high bidder. So anytime it changes hands, resets back to 12 hours. It does. Some of these do take a while, and especially the opening ones, right? We all have three nominations, so there's 36 players up at a given time. Adam, to the point about the quarterbacks, all top 12 quarterbacks are on the board right now. Like they have all been nominated. And I think that's also part of it driving where it's like, oh, you know, I, I'm not going to hold back any money for when Dak Prescott gets nominated. I'm not going to hold back any money for when, you know, Kyler comes up because I think I can get him cheap. All these guys are out there right now and yes. everybody's fighting to see like, oh, I really want one well, of these top eight guys. I really want one of these top 12 quarterbacks. I need them because I'm screwed otherwise, right? I'm going to well, be, be rocking Daniel Jones as QB1. And while I like Daniel Jones, it doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. No, and, and it's funny because um, the Royal Rumble, which is at this point, I, I would think until there's another one happening, it's Destination Debbie's like premier league at this yes. point. Yep. And like, I'm happy to be a part of it. And I remember how the startup when it's like, some of the old strategies when quarterback rooms were deeper, like we still thought that 
Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, a lot of these guys that have shown that they've fallen off a cliff in value and production were in the mix. It's like, okay, well, all right, you go ahead and pay way up for these crazy quarterbacks. And, and, and not that they're not worth it, but you won't have enough money to match my depth, right? Like that's kind of a more of our old approach to it. Yes. Like what happened in the Royal Rumble though was all the quarterbacks went early as far as bidding on them. So then when we got to the back half, people all of a sudden like, oh shit, like there's no quarterbacks left. Like I don't have a plan at quarterback. So then all of a sudden, every, all this money you thought you were saving, you had to spend to get a quarterback. <laughs> so you ended up missing out all this money that you saved, right? right. It, it played that way. That's not even happening now. Like, there's not enough quarterbacks that people value high enough, to your point. So, I think what's going to happen here is, like, it's getting bid up to the point where, like, you're just going to have them and you don't even care that it costs you too much. Like, whoever right. wins is just going to win. Like, it doesn't matter what they spent. Now, how they form their team, that's a different conversation. But because <laughs> it's also going to keep these guys in the pool for days because people are going to see – Right at the buzzer, Trevor Lawrence going for too much money. Nah, fuck that. Three thirty-six. We're going up. Like that—that's going to happen for probably a few days in a two-quarterback league, even in best ball. So, so I guess the point here is, like, it's going to be really interesting to see when these quarterbacks end up going. One, what they go for. Like we're talking already. Trevor Lawrence is at thirty-four uh, percent of budget and didn't get through. Like some of these quarterbacks. Are, Patrick Mahomes may go for north of 40% of budget. That's one player. Okay. And, and now let's even say maybe Patrick Mahomes is worth 40 45%, 50% of budget. I won't even fight you. But now how do you handle the rest of your money? So I guess that's a good segue, Mike, into like Perfect. different layers of it just than quarterback position, right? I will say this. Um, we'll stick on the quarterback here for just a second when we're talking sure, sure. about him. Sure. We, you're talking about a guy I don't know about you but I kind of had a mindset where I'm going like you know if I could escape with two quarterbacks even in this best ball start 12 which I know depth is king if I could get out at like 60% total budget with two stud quarterbacks I think I'm still fine like I still think I can build a competitive roster work. right because there's such a warp advantage of having those two guys and even in best ball like you know, I'm going to find some values later. I'm going to find that running back I get for like 10 bucks that nobody wanted or nobody had money to bid on. I'll just piece together some turds to kind of bring it along. But my my focus is going to be the quarterback position. The The issue I have or like the adjustment we've had to make with this, this auction, and you're going to have to make you listening right now, Dynasty Degenerates are going to have to make in your auction – is it all depends on whether your league comes along with you. Like, for example, Adam, if if Patrick Mahomes was going to be pushing 40%, but he's the only player coming relatively close, and you're getting a Josh Allen for, say, 25 27% of your budget, that's where you get the edges. The difference where, is too big, where you right. can Where you can hurt yourself because other people – aren't following along but the one the one thing i'll say about this right now we got we got five quarterbacks already over 30 percent of the budget and they're not even relatively close to coming off the board yet so everybody in the league is following along which i think whoever ends up with patrick mahomes say at 40 percent of the budget isn't isn't going to be detrimental to their team right could they could they do Patrick Mahomes and another quarterback and, and be damn near 70% of their budget? Yes, I think so. 
but everybody else is going to be hurting, right? <laughs> almost, almost eight, nine teams in the league are going to be spending somewhere in the range of 30% or better on their quarterback position. So all that money is coming off the board. So when we start to get in some of these later nominations, the values aren't going to be there like they, they once were, right? They're, they're, Cause nobody can really be that big hammer. Nobody's going to have that opportunity to go like, Oh yeah, I can go. So all the prices come down later. I think that's when I'm looking at it. That's how I'm seeing it. That, that all these quarterbacks are kind of following suit and there's not going to be a lot of values at the top of the quarterback spots. So if I'm one of those people who pays up at the quarterback position, I don't feel so bad. Like I just, we're in the mode almost of like, go get one, no matter really what the cost is, and then figure out the back end later, because you don't want to be a team who doesn't get one of these quarterbacks, doesn't get this guy, because then you're going to be stuck with, yes, you may get a Kirk Cousins at value, you may get this Russell Wilson at value, and you may get all these skill players at value, but you're in a scary territory when you look at the league after the auction, you go, damn. Like, like my quarterbacks could fall off and just completely die at any given moment. We saw that last year. I don't know how many auction leagues or startup leagues I was in where I thought going in, like, man, just give me a, a Russ and give me a Matt Stafford and I'll be good. I'll figure out the rest of the quarterback situation. I'll figure out the rest of the team and I'll build it through skill players. And those teams all sucked. Every single one of them that I had was god-awful. You talked about the Royal Rumble League. I didn't participate other than bidding up some of those quarterbacks, thinking like, yeah, I'm just going to play the mid-rounds of the quarterbacks. And I was one of the teams literally went in with seven quarterbacks into a 14-team Superflex, couldn't trade any of them because nobody wanted the turds, nobody wanted the dog shit. And my team made it to like the semifinals of our league, but that was just kind of where it capped out. It didn't matter how much skill player depth I had. When Patrick Mahomes goes for 60, I can't match it with Marcus Mariota and Jared Goff and whoever the hell else I have. So I think at least when looking at this one or when talking about auction strategy in general, the first thing I'm going to look at is quarterbacks, how high they're going, and is my league following along? Like, are they playing along and playing into this? Because if it's just like one or two quarterbacks, Adam, I think I want to be on the, the side that's not playing into that hand. I think that's where you can get over your skis is be that guy, the only person in the league who's paying 45% for one player, and everybody else is going to walk away with a you know, a Lamar for 25% of their budget. That's where you get over your skis. Yeah, I would agree there. And I'll be honest, uh, you know, T-Law was inside of an hour or two hours, and it was in like the 200 bucks. And I remember – uh, Koopa was in the chat kind of saying like, Oh yeah, that, that's not, that's not the, that's not the limit. Like 300 bucks ain't the limit. I just kept bidding them up to see. And then I eventually won them. And I remember thinking like, man, I may get stuck with them, but I think it's worth it because I think my goal ultimately was to make sure nobody got through with a quarterback win that was light early. Cause what, a lot of times what we'll see is the early bids that go through. Sometimes people will let them go through too light because they're, you know, wanting to keep money in their pocket. And then next thing yeah. you know, you're like, oh my goodness, why did we let Patrick Mahomes go for 225 bucks when we're bidding 300 on Dak and people are fighting over him now, right? <laughs> right. So, so, so like I just didn't want that to happen given how scarce it was. So, so now I think we're getting to the point and I'm kind of curious to see how high these go because, you know, 
Trevor Lawrence is at 336 out of 1,000. Uh, Jalen Hurts is at 335, and I can promise you now that T-Law is at 336. Jalen Hurts won't go for 335, right? Like, that's the whole point and the theme here, I think, is what I'm getting at. These quarterbacks are going to get north of 34%, all of them. And some of them are going to go north of 50, probably. Like, Patrick Mahomes could probably get into the range of 50%. He's going to go north of 40. So, I guess, here's the question now. If you land one of those and you want to backfill with depth, I think you could probably do that. But if you're paying, let's say, 40% on one and 30 like if you spend 70% of your budget and you get a one top three quarterback and one top 12, like can does that matter anymore? Like can you with 30% of your budget figure out your team? Yes. Okay. 100%. Okay. 100%. Well, I I think you and I saw this last year, right? And this is going to be a shout out to T-Rock and I don't want him to uh to get too excited about it, but Don't you even and say I, that cuz you know he already is. You're just giving it to him. You and I dunked on his auction team last year. Remember when he got too wasted, spent all of his money early. But the one thing he had that carried his ass up to the semifinals was two elite quarterbacks, right Adam? Like he had them. Now he made some other moves that were detrimental to his team, and he didn't make the moves throughout the season to kind of backfill and to keep it going, right? But that team was in contention all year up until the playoffs, the semifinals of the playoffs where he got blown out. But the the point is, like, he was leading the league for a long time with just basically two elite quarterbacks and a roster full of turds, just dumpster fire dog shit. And that's all he needed. And he's playing in a league with guys that we talk about auction strategy. We talk about player values. We talk about tearing down and best ball strategy at nauseum. He's playing with you and I, who are, who I will say this, this, this isn't gloating, but I would say at least in best ball strategy are probably a part of the upper echelon of people, how they think about it and analytically and kind of have a really good feel of what wins and what doesn't win. We're dunking on them, right? Like, who the hell builds their team with just two quarterbacks and nothing else? Like, you're toast. And that team was beating people's asses throughout the year. So that opened my eyes, especially with the quarterback landscape. Adam, you talk about it with the, with the top six, the top eight, the top 12. Like, we have these distinct tiers and these distinct cutoffs. Man, if you can spend 70% of your budget, even in a best ball, as long as the rest of your league is kind of following suit, I am more than confident I can figure out the rest because I've seen it done well, before. Like I've seen it done with multiple teams throughout my best ball leagues that have done this. Well, now I, okay, two, two points here because I, let me just say to your first answer of yes, you can do it. I don't disagree at all. Like you can absolutely have, but I think there's two big points. One, a lot of times when that would happen, it was because people were spending money, not that they knew, on 15, 20, 30% less on Matthew Stafford types. Yes. Right? That's not happening this year. I think we have to acknowledge some of the shifts because here, here, there's a couple points here. One, let, let's talk about first how you can make it work. If you spend 70% of your budget on the quarterbacks that are very elite and then they hit the warp, this is a big part. If those two are the warp guys, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, those types? Yes. Not only can you make it work, it's hard to make it not work when you have two elite quarterbacks that are drastic warp advantages. Like, that's it's going to happen. 
that's not a debate really at this point. Like you can yep. make the rest of your 10 players be reasonable enough to where the advantage you have at those two quarterback spots is legit. But the reason I bring it up is because I'm kind of curious to see how this year auctions shape because so let's say someone actually sneaks out of here with two of them. Now, now this isn't the Royal Rumble, right? This is a 12 team league. So if someone gets out with two top sixes, now you have four left. You have 10 of the top 12 left. Like there's going to be teams that get out with none. And those teams probably are not going to pay really much for a Matthew Stafford, for a Russell Wilson. So all of a sudden, like the warp won't be there in the quarterback spot, but they may be able to roster a very good depth throughout the rest of their team. Now I'm not going to say that it will match up to a team that hits two warp advantages, but what I think will happen this year, Mike, and the reason I bring it up is let's say you spend 70% of your budget and you, one of your quarterbacks you end up with is like Justin Herbert of last year warp wise. You ain't winning. You are not winning. I think that's going to be something that's hard for people to understand is that if the warp, if everything plays right, yes, a hundred percent, it will work. But if you spend 70% of your budget and let's say Mahomes is one of them and he still smashes, but one of them is Herbert or one of them ends up being like kind of like Tua up and down or Lamar who has a great warp advantage early and then all of a sudden doesn't play for five or six weeks. Like you can't make that work. So I guess that's kind of one thing I wanted to touch on is yes, if it all plays out correctly, like there's no way that it's probably hard to fail, but at the same time, like understand the um, minimal reality you have for error when you do that i i get you i get you i would say too we're doing this not as a redraft league and as a dynasty this is a 40 chess dynasty trade show the our dynasty podcast i will say this the uh the quarterback though even i think about justin herbert had a horrible year as far as warp goes mm-hmm. we look at spike weeks and consistency weeks i mean he he's fallen below like Kirk cousins and, and daniel jones of all people Right, mm-hmm. didn't have a great year for what you spent on him. I will say this though: the good thing about it, Adam, is even if you invest in those and they do have a Justin Herbert like year, like the following year, it doesn't matter to people. Like people are still excited about a Justin Herbert. Whereas if I'm going to spend, like, say I go in the mid tier quarterback say, quarterback range, you know, because I'm trying to save money, like I'm going to go with the two guys. And maybe I get lucky. Maybe I, you know, maybe I do find a Geno Smith or I find a Daniel Jones or I find a Jared Goff who have a decent enough year. The problem is the following year, like there's no way to get out of it. Like generally on those teams, I'm spending more on depth for the rest of my players, but I'm also trying to get some studs at some skill positions, right? Like maybe I'm in the Kyle Pitts market or maybe I'm in the the Chase or the Jefferson market. Like if those guys have really bad years or suffer injuries, they take a massive dump in value the following year. Like maybe not Chase or maybe not Jefferson because they're kind of just outliers, but even Kyle Pitts, he fell off from you know us talking about him as maybe the most unattainable asset in Dynasty throughout the offseason last year. And he comes out and he has some subpar games, uh, he doesn't do anything, and then he gets hurt. Like he has fallen now, where we have this dynasty tight end one conversation, where it's like we're putting a guy who's well over the age of thirty up there. We're putting a guy who's potentially losing his quarterback and going through an offensive skill change or offensive scheme change in Baltimore and Mark Andrews up there. 
And then we kind of talk about Kyle Pitts. Like, yeah, he's in the conversation and he's really just up there because of youth, but nobody's paying the Kyle Pitts price of last year anymore. Nobody's coming close to it. Like he might be in this auction, the highest tight end off the board, but it's not like it was last year. I mean, if you remember the Royal Rumble, I think that guy was well over 200 and some dollars. Like that's how high people wanted Kyle Pitts. That's what they were paying for him. Sure, sure. So I will say at least at the quarterback position, you do have that kind of safety net, right? You still have that ability if you're, especially if you're invested in these top eight guys, if they have kind of a so-so year, people still highly covet them. So it gives you all those outs to, to pivot or to move or change assets, tear down, whatever you want. So that's also a reason why I say like, I don't know if there's a, a scenario outside of your league mates not following you in an auction strategy in an auction startup like if everybody's going to pay 30 percent or more for these these elite guys i think you're completely fine even if you end up with two of them and all of a sudden you're going like man i spent 70 percent of my budget on them i still think you're completely fine and i'm more than comfortable doing it because i know i have that out i have that kind of golden parachute even if things go wrong and i don't pick the the right warp ones or i get a justin herbert type who's kind of just has a down year Okay, but and now let me let me say this. I I think probably there there's a scenario where you're correct, and I, I'm not saying I'm not trying to give pushback to say that you can't be right and that you still can't have two quarterbacks and it works out. But but I I do need to give pushback a little on just the point of like let's think last year for a second, and now we're we're living in the world we're living in today. But understand things change in a year. So for example, last year at this point. You know who was one of these guys that won't lose value? That's like almost surely in the mix? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was going ahead of a lot of these guys. Very much so. People were clowning. Like, I got Dak. What do you got? Right? Like, (laughs) a very clear conversation was, I got Dak and you got T-Law. Like, this is not going to go well for you. Right. Okay. I'm just telling you, Dak Prescott, he wasn't on, he's not a top 12 warp guy. His value fell. And if he's one of your 70% budget guys, I'm not saying you're screwed, but you're not, you're at a disadvantage now, right? Same thing with Kyler Murray, actually. Kyler Murray fits the exact same build where he's going to be a top five quarterback in, in bid last year. Now, like people are considering taking the 102 ahead of him, value-wise. Fair. And he's young. So, so my only point is like, as much as I love Justin Fields, I see a scenario where people are dunking on him if it doesn't go right next year, which is crazy to think. And I love Justin Fields. I don't see that being the case. I'm just living in a world where it's not absolutes, right? So, like, he would be one. I don't know. It seems like what's crazy about right now is, like, I can't remember Lamar ever being lower than he is today and thinking he's more of a value, but people still wanting to drag him lower in value. Like, what does Lamar have to do to be a good quarterback in fantasy? I don't understand, other than the fact that he hasn't played in the playoffs. My only point is... If you land two of the correct quarterbacks at 70%, I think we're all in agreement. Like, there's just no way you can really screw that up because they attain so much value and the warp advantage is so big. But if you have one of these guys you spend 30-plus percent on and they're now borderline quarterback one, I don't know if that ends up making you a guaranteed lock one for the playoffs and lock that you, like, can – make up the rest of the 30% that I don't know what you're going to do with. Like, I'm not saying you can't do it right, but I've seen people do it wrong too. 
All right. Well, let's move on from the quarterback. I don't want this to be a whole goddamn show. You no, tried earlier, and I, but I cut mean, you off. <laughs> well, I, I, that's why I said this could be two-part series, and it won't be. We'll do it in one. But my point is, like, the quarterback talk yeah. is going to be a very polarizing and deep one all, all year. So, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Um, are there any of these quarterbacks in the auction that you're kind of looking at in the, the mid part where you go like, the one for me that stands out is yes, by I'm the interested way, yes. to see I'm interested to see where these rookies end up like a thousand percent right um, because we, we've also done uh, I don't know if we did any auction drafts before the actual NFL draft with rookies included but we definitely did do some startups and we saw some horrible mistakes with last year's class now I don't think this year's class is anything like last year's class but there was also a time where I was like thinking Malik Willis to the Lions at 102 in the NFL draft was a damn lock. And I made a TikTok saying how any of these mock drafters who put them past 120 or pick 120 to the Steelers are idiots. And uh, yeah, yeah. you saw how that worked out for me. Well, I know you're saying let's get past the quarterbacks. And I'm trying, but I'm also, now that you brought that up, I'm, I'm by the time this drops, this auction <laughs> will be past the point of these quarterbacks cycling through. It'll be Friday. Today's Sunday. I, I want to give you one point that I think if these continue to go crazy, that's actually something I didn't really want to do a lot of this year that I think becomes advantageous if you do it correctly. And that would be actually playing a year off. Because mm-hmm. I think right now, these quarterback values are so crazy. And if you're in auctions, if you see this, and it just is the fight. Everybody's like, no, I'm going to three, 400 bucks. Nobody's getting through. Because to your point, right, like to, to the middling range guys, yeah, there's guys I'm looking at, rookies, right? Maybe right now, like maybe I get a steal on a Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and then I'm hoping that it pans out. And it could. That's a, it's a value. But basically in the same breath would be controlling your pick and utilizing all that money on like young guys that have value retention, but you can't win because you don't have any quarterbacks that mean anything, which sets you up to get Caleb Williams. And maybe you can hoard another pick and get in the – two 24s or you have Daniel Jones or whatever, all of a sudden I think now that becomes a viable strategy. If you're seeing this across everyone else in your league, I'll be honest, based on this year, I, I, I tanked in a lot of leagues and I kind of am looking at it. Like I don't want to tank as hard this year because I think there's scenarios where maybe I could tank not quite as hard and still maybe find a way to win. But if I'm seeing this in an auction, like people are sinking their entire funds, 70% North into quarterbacks, Maybe I'm better off not chasing these middle guys and just saying, I'll play for 24. I like that one. I like that one a lot. All right, let's move off the quarterbacks. This is a two tight end league with a .75 tight end premium, if I'm not mistaken. So 100% right, yep. What is your strategy when you kind of look at that, knowing that tight ends are elevated, not only the .75, which is a little bit more than the standard .5 tight end premium, but you have to start two of these every week. And, it, and it's best ball. So that does kind of play into it because we've kind of all seen teams with just dumpster fire tight ends get lucky, the Will Disleys of the world. But does does the the top guys, do they mean a little bit more to you? I, you were in on Kyle Pitts there for a while, and now the bidding has kind of gotten up 
out of out of control a little bit. The only other one in that elite range on the board right now is Mark Andrews. Right. We have Kel- yet to Kelsey's see Travis not, Kelsey make it. He's not make an appearance yet. yet. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'll be honest, man. Th- this is the first auction I've done this year, and, and it's kind of fluid information. And, and my thoughts are kind of evolving as I'm seeing what's happening. One of the bigger points before I get into the specifics of this is I think an auction, that is one of the hardest things to talk about and to strategize for, but is the most important thing is like being fluid. Because when you go, okay, when you go into a startup, everybody listen, Dynasty Generous, think about this for a second. When you go into a startup, everybody's going to see ADP, they're going to have ideas, you can trade around picks and stuff. But the reality is like nobody is going that's in, in the first round of startups ADP wise, that person's never going to make it to the third or fourth round. This is not going to happen. In auctions, it is not that way. Like you could end up seeing a guy get through early, Austin Eckler at uh, you know, 7.4% of budget. When we look back, there's a scenario where that value wise was a crushing value that you can't really correlate to a startup. So I guess that's one of the things I want to speak to is that Mike and I will give you all the strategy we can on auctions. I know Scott will, Ray will, everybody here on DD will do that. But one of the hardest things to like put a value on is being fluid and seeing what's happening and appro- like appropriately yes. looking at the values of what the budget is. Like what percent of this is going to my quarterback room? We talked about 70% in a, in a scenario here, right? Okay. If everyone's doing that and, and this gets me to go into the, the tight end talk, right? I wasn't sure how the, the quarterback stuff was going to go. I was really with you, Mike. Like if I can get 55%, 60% of budget and I get two of the top 12, 13, 14 guys, I, I, I feel great. And I think maybe people don't even realize what happened. And then all of a sudden, like that strategy doesn't exist right now in this market. Like we've already, All the quarterbacks that matter are already here. That, that You can't do that. So that's already gone. So now I'm thinking like, okay, Going to your question, I was thinking maybe I could get pits at like 15%, which I think I was at. And then I'm at like 60% on those quarterbacks. And now I'm at 75%, which is really high. But maybe I can just be smart about the rest. Be really smart. That doesn't exist anymore. That's off the table. If I did that now, I'm at like 90% of budget and my whole team's screwed. So I can't, that, that doesn't exist anymore. So you have to re strategize and think fluidly. I think that's one of the big things I wanted to have here. Which brings me to the point that I talked about a minute ago. If this gets really outside of the realm where I feel comfortable, tanking. And now all of a sudden, Mike, I can maybe go say, all right, you guys are all spending 70% on quarterbacks. Let me get Kyle Pitts and let me get Mark Andrews. And I'm not going to have a quarterback and I'm going to have an early pick still. Hmm. I like that. Actually, I do like that a lot. Right? You're, you're taking the value where where people aren't seeing it right people Correct. are going to hoard the shit out of quarterbacks but it's a start to i hate that i'm telling you this right now is mike that i'm watching it, you know, has only a small amount I'm of money actually, on anthony richardson right now i'm the perfect guy to tell because i'm also one of those guys like when i look at tight end no matter what the premium is or what the uh start two tight end or start one tight end you know me I love playing down in the shit at the tight end position. Like I do it all the time and pretty much every league we're in, I'll end up with like an Evan Ingram, <laughs> a Hunter Henry, Jawan Johnson. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. 
<laughs> I'll piece this shit together. I'll right. figure it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure well, it I out. I mean, tight end. But if you have the quarterbacks, you can afford to do that. That that that's why that makes sense, though, right? Like, yes. Even in two tight end, you could hodgepodge together five, six, seven tight ends that don't cost you shit, and you're like, I don't actually care, and I'll figure out a way to make it move cheaply later when somebody's down on whatever tight end, you know, Jawan Johnson of next year, whatever. You'll find a value that you can buy cheap where you just don't find outside of a rare Geno Smith and someone sold him to you super light early, like a warp quarterback that just doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Right. You are you are talking about something that has also kind of been the bane of my existence, but I've been slow to it. Like I've been in a multiple best ball leagues that are start two tight end, Adam, and I usually have the the shitty tight ends. I don't have the good tight ends. I may have advantages in other places. I may be deeper at wide receiver and running back, and I may have those elite quarterbacks. But every week I play a team that has two elite tight ends, two guys, whether it's a .5 premium or .75 or you know one of these crazy leagues we play in where it's like a full point. I always go like, damn, because I'm lucky if like I get a tight end who enters my lineup who scores eight points, right? I'm like, all right, I got an eight. And I got a six. I got 14 points out of my tight end. I'm good. And then I look over, and depending on what the tight end premium is, I may be playing a guy who has two tight ends that score, you know, 20 apiece, right? So I am already at a 30-point disadvantage heading into the week going like, shit, I got to make this up. And and in some some cases, right, (laughs) my quarterback advantage or my skill player advantage is enough to overcome it. But it does pucker your asshole every single time you do it because I have nothing to match. So what you're talking about being fluid, I do like that. And I think that's the overall theme of what you're talking about for those of you listening who are going to get into an auction is see what everybody else is doing. If they're going to invest in quarterbacks this heavily – Maybe you're the one who goes and tries to find the edges at the tight end position, something that's being forgot about. Maybe you're the one who ends up spending 30% of your budget or 35% of your budget on two elite tight ends. And I'm here to tell you that the only position in fantasy football that is more scarce than the quarterback position is elite tight ends. We got like three of these dudes, Period. maybe four if you want to include George Kittle who has question marks. And after that, it's just like, you know, tight end seven to tight end 16. I'm like, these guys are all kind of the same, man. Like as big as TJ Hawkinson fan I am, you'll never find me spending up for him. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm good. But, I'm man, good. Th- th- this is actually a bigger point. I, I love what you're telling me, Mike. And the, the, the reason I think this is a big point is like, think, think about it. I don't care if it's startup or auction. Think about your team in general. Like if everybody in your league is trying to do a certain thing, the only way you win doing the same thing is if you just get lucky and get the right pieces on that same thing. Like, what? where's the actual strategy in that, right? Like, if everybody's saying, I want to get two of the top 12 quarterbacks, and there's 12 teams trying to get 24 quarterbacks, like, one, you can't do it. There's, there's not – the numbers don't add up. And then, two, if you happen to do it and get them right, okay, you got them right. But, like, if you would have bid, like, seven bucks more on Justin Herbert and, you know, seven dollars less on this other player, like, does that make you strategically better? No. Yeah. It doesn't. That's just – that's just lo- the reality is what, Mike? When people are all zigging, we want to zag. And I think 100%. there's a point where 
as much as the quarterbacks are valuable and you don't want to f- around at that position. Like, let's call it what it is. What you also don't want to do is be like, man, let me be the guy that gets Daniel Jones at, you know, 250, 275 and gets Trey Lance at the same. So now I'm spending 65% on these guys chasing, which will never, I'm, I'm here to tell y'all, I'm here to tell you, I don't ever believe in absolutes in dynasty, but I am here to tell you that there's no world where Daniel Jones and Trey Lance are doing the same things that Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts are doing next year or probably in the year after that. So I think that's a big takeaway is like, if you're just chasing and you don't have a different strategy when it gets to the point of extremes, like you probably should re- rethink your your assessment on how you want to do things. It it makes complete sense when you think about it, whether it's auction or whether it's a a snake draft startup. Adam, one of the the pillars of my dynasty foundation as far as how I value startup drafts in general, and and this usually has applied or has clicked in my brain when I'm thinking about snake drafts because that's what I've done the majority of Adam. But you know, Mike Lou talked about it a long time. A long time ago. Be fluid. Zig when other people are zagging, right? Be different. I've never wanted to chase. So if you think about a traditional snake draft, if if I'm on the clock at, you know, say the uh, the 312, okay? And 308, 309, 310, 311, they all take running backs, right? There was a tier of running backs. They all take running backs. I don't want to be the asshole at the tail end getting the, you know, the run to the litter, in trying to take another running back, like picking the right. last guy in the tier, or yep. in a lot of cases, maybe the tier ran out and I'm and I'm jumping to the next tier and I'm going like, ah, well, shit, man, running backs are going hot. I got to take a running back here. I've always wanted to be that guy who goes, man, if you're all going to take running backs, that means wide receivers are available, or that means like some quarterbacks here are available. I want to be the guy who starts the new tier. I want to be the first in a new tier, I don't want to be chasing. I never want to be chasing in drafts. Startup drafts that are snake, rookie drafts, I don't want to be the guy who's chasing positions. I'll start my own damn tier, and I'll go a different position, and I'll be different than the rest of you. So it's no different in an auction draft, exactly what you're talking about. If everybody's doing this thing, right? If everybody's doing this thing where they go, you know, maybe your auction draft, everybody's value on wide receivers extremely high. Everybody wants the the chase, the Jeffersons, the Lambs is getting pushed up. A.J. Brown's getting pushed up. Exactly. Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, all these guys are getting valued. Exactly. Maybe you're the guy who's going like, hey, the I know running backs aren't the hottest thing right now. <laughs> I know nobody really wants running backs. But maybe I'm this guy who's going to be gobbling up all the running back value because everybody else is on wide receivers. In this one, quarterbacks quarterbacks are the hot ones maybe tight ends the next position you go to and if tight end like say tight end also gets pushed up because we have enough money where kyle pitts literally could be 200 dollars plus mark andrews could be 200 yep. when kelsey comes out could be the same thing and, and, because and it's pitts, a start to 10 pitts and andrews right they're in the money here early when everybody has it too so right. they're in the position to go really high it's just the reality of the early early nominations I think the big takeaway is just to find your niche. Don't be the person who's chasing. I will say, though, if you're going to chase, the only position, Adam, that I could condone you chasing the rest of them would be elite quarterbacks. Well, if they are truly truly elite, yes, we agree. I I think that the the biggest thing, though, is think about it this way, right? If they get too far past the extreme, okay, because at the end of the day, Mike, what we do here on 40 chess, what we talk about is pretty much trying to extract value where it's at. 
So let, let's say these quarterbacks get into like 40% range, which I mean, we're already basically on the door of that. Like it's probably the way it's trending. We're definitely knocking. Okay. So if all, if everybody that's in the top eight is going at 40% plus, and if the top 12 are going at 35, 40% as well, what's the cheapest quarterback? Oof. What's the cheapest way to get quarterback in this scenario? Trades. Control your pick and get Caleb Williams next year or the, the, the best rookie, pick of the litter picks. because you rookie don't picks, that, you yeah. don't spend any money on that and you can control your team build to where it doesn't cost right. you anything. There, there's no monetary yeah. value, right? So, so it's just an edge thought process of like, okay, I'm not saying that you aren't right. Like if I'm going to chase, it's here. Like if I can still find a way to get Mahomes and Her- and Herbert or Mahomes and, and Lawrence, I'm going to do it and I'll figure the rest out later. I'd rather be in that spot. But if it's to the point where it doesn't make sense, and let's say someone gets through early and you're like, man, I, am I really worth bidding on Dak or, or Kyler? Well, why spend 35 40% on those guys if you could wait a year and you can get Caleb Williams on nothing today and still spend all your money appropriately or at least get Drake May? What do you think about doing like the all rookie strat? I mean, well, that, we that's another in... scenario too. It's the same conversation. What if what if Anthony Richardson right now? I think you're winning the bid at seventy two dollars, right? If what if he's seven percent, right? Same principle. I would say this. I, I almost want to kind of do it. Um, I kind of want to do. Don't like you an all... don't you come over to my side, <laughs> damn it! Don't tell people here you're gonna just cop my strat. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, man. Do your thing. I, I almost kind of want to do an all rookie strategy. Like I almost want to just because if I miss, I miss Adam. Like I miss, but I miss right. right. But if you miss on seven you know percent I mean? budget, what does that Who hurt your long term ability to correct it? Right. Right. I mean, we just talked about the value that Austin Eckler was at seventy four dollars or whatever he does. But there's a realistic scenario he misses. Like maybe he gets hurt, Adam, and his because of his age. Like it's not even that crazy. Of- it's absolutely realistic. We've seen running backs get hurt early all the time that we love Javante Williams last year like it just happens his dynasty value also goes in a tank like you you can't get out of it at a, at a reasonable price the the good thing about rookies like even if you miss like even if you invest in the the sky moors and we talked about this a few weeks ago maybe a month ago when we were talking about dyna- rookie pick strategy what we were doing with them if you go like all of them your your hits are kind of going to outweigh your misses and what you're talking about is the easiest way to get elite quarterbacks. The cheapest way to get elite quarterbacks is through your rookie draft. Well, these ones are in the auction, right? If you're getting C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young and Will Levis for 7 8% of your budget, yes. Will a couple of them miss eventually? Sure. Probably. Probably, right? But what if you hit? What if you find the next Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Like you find that guy who ascends in there. Instead of paying three hundred or four hundred dollars for him, you paid seventy bucks. But but okay okay forty chess for a second, right? Think about this, everybody listening. When you do an auction, everybody's going to be so live in the moment. One of our patrons, T Rock, was like, "I didn't sleep. I I woke up after four hours. Like, did someone <laughs> outbid me on Mahomes? Guess what? He it happened. So you should have yeah. slept." But the reality is what? Everybody's so in the moment of the auction. When we're in June, when we're in July, when we're in August, you may have an idea 
But the reality is what you think the auction was, like you don't remember. You don't remember the scenarios exactly. You don't remember the specific numbers. And guess what will happen? Somebody will spend 70% of their budget on a quarterback room that does not work because it's just impossible for everybody to be the number one and two and three warp options out there. And guess what you will have maybe? 7% of your budget on Anthony Richardson and all those other guys that you bid on. Guess what happens? Now all of a sudden you're at the table. You're at the table of a discussion of what? Getting Herbert because somebody else is like, damn, I need depth. That's 40 chess, man. That that really is the reality, though, Mike. Like That's how you yes. do that. The last thing I want to talk about, and this is kind of a cool strategy, and I Not like Not the last thing. We, we just got through quarterbacks. can't be the last I, I thing know, we're man. talking Maybe, about. We'll, we'll probably have to do a second part of this episode, to be honest. All right, fair enough. All right. The last one for this part we'll talk about for auction strategy. And this one's kind of fun because I do it a lot. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on it as well. But that kind of enforcer role in your auction startup. So if you look at the board, I mean, we were kind of talking about it a little bit on, you're like, man, I can't believe Joe Mixon's going for $36. Like, I don't even like Joe Mixon, but we can't get somebody let get a running back uh, RB two, even if that's what he is for $36 this early in the draft, do you like to play it? And how do you do it? Like, what is your comfort level where you go? Like, I feel like this is the guy who's in the price range. Like, does the thought of you getting stuck with them come into mind? Do, do you do you have to go like, if everything goes wrong, I try to be the enforcer, I win the bid on this one, or I run them up and I get stuck with it. Does that play into your thought process on how you do it? Um, A, 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 t- a tad bit. But but l- let me just give you a couple of different realities, right? So like if I'm living in a perfect world and I'm unsure of what my quarterback room is going to be and I'm saying these these – rates are getting outrageous. Like I'm not, you know what? I actually don't need a hotel tonight. I'm going to sleep in my car. You know, I'm good. Right. Like y'all, y'all do that. I'm going to sleep in my car. I'm fine. Okay. Now, if I don't have the quarterbacks, I know what I'm trying to do is what? Win Caleb Williams, Drake may, whatever year this is going to be in the future. Right. So I don't really want the points of running back on my team now. Right. Like that. We, we, we would all agree on that. I think. Okay. But here's the thing. If I win Joe Mixon at 3.6, like $36, 3.6% of budget, like, what would you spend right now on a second-round pick in 24? Ooh. I said probably like 40 bucks. There you go. So so I already know because I won the value that I can probably get, get out at some point for a fluid pick. If it's, like if it. it's a good enough value, right? Like, if, it's, if I'm like, all right, uh, Mixon makes no sense going through here. Like, y'all are really going to let me win? Fuck it. Like, I'll just take it. I can get out the liquidity later like it's just it's literally just dollars and cents it's just it's just numbers really but the problem is if you do too many of them right so like let's say now Us you've done austin eckler joe mixon now you got 100 bucks on kenneth walker and it's like damn now i don't have what i need is the hammer the whole thing i was trying to play up like if you get one of those through it doesn't matter two even but if you have five of those early and you don't have any quarterbacks dude you you are you did it wrong you know what i mean like you you, you can't undo all that math if you do it too many times i get you that i i ran into the problem a little bit last year in the royal rumble right trying to be the enforcer on the quarterbacks <laughs> and uh ended up yeah getting that stuck was with uh, just that, about all of them. <laughs> that was a wild um I, I i'll tell you that though that because it's 14 teams who copy and the way the auction was going that that was that was one of the wildest auctions i've been a part of it just everything that happened was crazy 
Right. It's definitely a different feel. I hate 14 team leagues with a passion. So it, it is what it is. But the, the actual being the enforcer, right, Adam, I went the whole enforcer route. I, I kept bidding up these middle of the road dog shit quarterbacks just because I wasn't letting anybody have them cheap. Uh, kept bidding those guys up and ended up getting stuck with them. I think I had like seven. <laughs> all year something like that seven of them you did Brissette, and, i remember you got Brissette for like literally pennies yeah it was like pennies on the on the dollar and like obviously at, you probably kept him too long it didn't matter because no one would trade you for him but like what right. he gave you early was i mean destroyed what you spent on him correct i will say even then like i i, I think as long as you're you're patient with it do I want to have seven shitty quarterbacks heading into the season? Probably not. Like, that's the extreme of what I'm talking about. But even then, Adam, that team made it to the semifinals, right? So it's a two-copy league, so it's 14 teams on one side, 14 on the other. Made it to the semifinals of its own league, right? So for so people, I was I was almost in the money, right? I was one game away from, you know, playing in the championship of our league and making some money. <laughs> making some real money and it didn't work out like that like it, right you you, you were admitting happened. i think that's the other thing too so like and, and this is why i pose the quarterback pushback a little bit it's just because you basically admit right now to everybody that you did not do the quarterback room appropriately at all no horrible we, we all admit that right yeah you, how yeah. far you were how how many games away from a championship chance were you last year one game one game Okay, so here, so here you go. Like, th- this is already you telling that, like, it that was with you having. I mean, just name your quarterbacks for a second, so people that don't play in the Royal Rumble can understand how dog shit. Like, like, I'm not trying to put you on blast. I'm just trying to no, give them no, an no, idea. You're good, you're good, man. I, I wear it proudly with a badge, the master of shitty quarterbacks. But it was like Tannehill and Goff and Marcus Mariota and Jacoby Brissett. And I don't even remember some of the other turds I had on there, but they weren't good. Right. Think of that range. Yeah. I had all and, those and guys. lower. Right. Yeah. You, but you, <laughs> you had seven starters, but like they were bad. Um, trying well, to, bad. I actually can't remember. But anyway, you, you just mentioned four. Goff ended up being probably your best value. Mariota was smashing points per game early and then became nothing. Um, as did Brissett for you, you know, had some games early. But the, the point is, you didn't roster any quarterbacks that anybody relished or wanted. You didn't no. have any warp advantages at quarterback either. No. And in a 2018 two-copy league, you were a game away from the championship. Right. Because of what? Depth. Everywhere else. Okay, and that's the point. I, I think I think there is a definite push to quarterback, and I'm, I'm agreeing for what it's worth. Like, I would much rather be in the scenario where I have Patrick Mahomes and – Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and I've overpaid. And I think I'm good enough because of, to your point, like we have enough strategy. If you're tapped into this show, if you're tapped into Destination Debbie, Scott Connor, all these guys, you will be able to make the edges that we talk about work to where now you have the, the, the pieces that matter, the two elite quarterbacks. But if it's so bad that you can't get them, like we're talking about in a market last year where you thought it was more viable. Like the right. reality was last year, the market was more viable. It wasn't as scarce. So you're like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'll just take all these dog shit quarterbacks and I'll just piece them together. And my team's going to be so deep. And and we found out last year that the quarterback market was bad and you still were a game away. That's where I'm that saying, that's where I'm saying now 
when quarterback values are way higher and people are going to bid out the nose to go compete for that business, there's probably a scenario where either tanking for a year or trying to just stack depth and then figure out quarterback later works because nobody wants to be without a quarterback after last year. People are going to chase Daniel Jones. And I'm not saying Daniel Jones, but what if, what if Saquon's not back and Daniel Jones is in New York? Are you sure you want Daniel Jones at 25, 30% of budget? Like, I guess that's the point that I'm making is like, we all want quarterback. You don't want to fuck around at the position, but there's also give and take, man. Like if everybody wants the position so bad that we're getting crazy, like don't be the guy that chases that. That's, I guess, the point that I'm making. And what I'm seeing in my first auction is this is happening. Like this is madness. This is absolute madness. And I and I'm it's funny, but like I'm being serious. Like I bet you a lot of these auctions are gonna be madness at the quarterback position. <laughs> I just I just pictured you like kicking a quarterback down a well. <laughs> it's like the purge, right? Like everyone's going crazy. <laughs> No, I like it, man. And I do think this would probably end up being a two-parter because there's so much strategy to auction. Um, and I don't know if it's it's much different than some of the strategy we were doing with traditional snake drafts, but the difference is we've all been doing snake drafts since you know forever. If you've been playing right. fantasy football for a while, right? Like for me, we've been doing snake drafts, startups, and redrafts. Or not startups, but you know redraft leagues for 20 plus years so it's just something that you become accustomed to and making trades and trying to find values and moving up within tiers so it's a little bit different but damn auctions so fun and especially if you haven't you haven't tried a a slow auction with proxy bidding definitely my preferred way big shout out to mfl one of the only times you'll ever hear me say wow whoa we have come a long way mike is talking quarterback horde and loving mfl holy crap I had a good conversation with Eric Vanek. He helped me uh, helped me figure out how to unscrew the auction, right? There was a time I didn't have any rookies available in this auction, so Eric came in and took over co-commission, helped me figure it out. So, you know, I had to bite my tongue and, and you know, eat my words. And But it's it's a good system. The, uh, the auction system is fantastic on there. If you haven't tried one, make sure you're getting out there and, and trying to do one. Um, Adam, I, I thought with the, the amount of people that we got with the Twitter feedback, and I know Scott and Eric have been doing this with their USSFL leagues, which are fantastic. If you can get into one of those, we got to get in one now. They're, they're actually starting to run them where they're doing the draft on MFL and then put them on sleepers. So it's, it's almost perfect for us. We got to get in those. But for the people out there who haven't had experience, I thought about doing because it's best ball, Adam, and because I don't have to manage on Sundays, Maybe some more public leagues, you know, not just patron leagues for our people in there because I had so many people reach out about the four openings that I had. It was absurd. So maybe we can get some uh, some lower stake leagues in their auction startups, slow auctions on MFL and get people more experience because it is fun. Like once you start to do one, Royal Rumble had us hooked and uh, here we are doing another one and I already got plans for the next one, the next shit auction at a lower stake so we can actually get all the patrons in there but it is really fun there's a lot of strategy to it i'm highly interested to see where these quarterbacks end up so that's probably why we need a second part of this one we can come back and be like do you believe patrick mahomes went for 50 percent well Holy that, and, shit. And i'll be honest the only reason i went into as much depth as i did well first and for, first and foremost like this won't be the only auction i do all year so no 
me me giving you a strategy piece is not going to matter other than maybe one auction. But I, I think the quarterbacks will cycle through by Friday when this drops. I mean, if I'm wrong, then we really have hit madness. I mean, <laughs> we have hit peak madness. But regardless, yeah, like next, next episode should be part two on this because like – I'll be honest, quarterbacks, as much as we talked about, like uh, halfway through the show, about a half hour, like let's move on. I know we tried to, but I, I think right now the scarcity and the reality of auction varying so differently from, you know, each one of your 12, 14 people that will do it is just crazy enough to where we need to at least have at least an hour. We probably could do more of it. But ne- next episode, we'll get into. Um, more of the, the skill players and how to edge it out based on what you've done at the quarterback position. Because I, I think the hard part about going into the rest, Mike, and why we probably didn't is it's hard to have a plan at what I want to do with the other players if I don't have an idea of what I've done at quarterback. Like, because we know we don't yeah. want to fuck around. Like, if I build my room at wide receiver and running back and tight end really well, but I don't have a clue what my quarterbacks are, it's hard for me to tell you what to do. So like it, it kind of all starts at quarterback because it's so scarce and so important. So I, I think that's why this one went so deep and th- there's a lot of factors that go into it, but auction in general, man, as a, as a whole, like, you know, this one's crazy. Maybe, maybe we see quarterback markets and values that we don't ever see for the rest of the auctions that we do. Like it, every single one could be different. That's what's so hard about it. And also what's so fun to talk about and take place in them. Hundred percent, buddy. I think we probably did three or four different auction startups last year alone. Uh, we did a couple of the year before, and every single one of them had been different from the one before. Like they, they are, they aren't the same. There are some cycles that are the same, and I think once you get the hang of it, uh, listen to the smart people who are doing uh, uh, auctions. You know, listen to the show, listen to Scott, uh, listen to Eric talk about them listen to Ray talk about them. There are some identifiers that you can kind of pick out early and then that kind of sets your strategy going from there. So this has been a fun one, buddy. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing much more auction startups with you. I think it's probably the best way, the most fairest way to do any kind of startup because literally it's, it's all open, man. You're well, big B. John Robinson. It's all a matter of how much you want to pay for him. It didn't matter of your draft slot. That That's the biggest point about auction there's so many ways that are important, but that's one of the biggest things, right? Like if you do a 12 team snake draft, whatever the teams are snake draft and you don't get the, either the position in the Derby post to get one one yeah. or one Oh two, or you don't get the spot. If you're just doing it right out of the gate, like you don't, you can't get Patrick Mahomes like that. That, that sucks is that one person by luck gets Patrick Mahomes. One person by luck then gets the default of Jalen hurts. One person then by default gets Josh Allen. Whatever your order is, right? So if you're the one person that's unlucky enough to get 112, you don't have this the say to what do I want to do here. In auction, you at least get to decide, you know what, I want to be a part of this mix for Patrick Mahomes. Or you get to say, you know what, this is y'all are just out of your mind. I'm bailing. Y'all can have these guys, and I'll figure it out later. That's what makes auction so fun. The the strategy is so much deeper and what you can do with your team is literally a million times different than what a startup is. Like there's so many different avenues and scenarios. And ultimately, what do we want in Dynasty? We want to be the person that gets to shape and form our team with what we know. So auction really gives you the best way to do that and the most fair way for everyone to say, I want this guy. No, I don't want this guy at at cost. I want this guy. 
that's the whole point of auction. I think that's what makes it so fun and also what makes it so fun to talk about auctions. So we will be back here um, talking auctions next week. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it. We're going to bounce out of here. See you back here same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace.